I miss opening because you open Vanderpump Rules all the time. That's true. That's true. I have a monopoly on opening the Vanderpump Rules recaps. Hello, everybody. Nope. Start over. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. I said every Roddy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Holly Shook Podcast. I'm Ryan, and I am joined, as always, by the wonderful, amazing, talented, sometimes forgetful, Armin, how are you? Oh, Ryan, do we want to let the listeners in on that reference? Yes, just like a little peek behind the curtain. Um, we're, We're kind of planning our podcast around our meals right now, because... We're cooking a lot of meals at home. We have very little choice otherwise. Um, and Armin decided to prepare all his food for a tuna melt dinner tonight. That he was he was preparing all the food, and so that all Camille had to do is put them in the oven about five minutes before we're done recording. And right when we are about to start recording, Camille comes in and says, "Well, Armin, where's the bread?" <laughs> and Armin goes, "Oh, well, we ran out of bread last week." <laughs> And Camille goes, well, Armin, what are we supposed to do about a tuna melt if we don't have any bread? And Armin just kind of laughed it off. And so I'm officially... That's exactly what happened. (laughs) And Camille was pissed. And I kind of got like a kind of like insight into their domestic drama. And I loved it Um, because this was all happening while I was still FaceTiming them. (laughs) Um, So yeah, a little forgetful. I don't know how you forget you don't have bread, but... um, (laughs) You know, I guess in this day and age, it's easy to forget the little things. I, I was so immersed into the tuna preparation process. That's really yeah. what it was. The mayo, the salt, the pepper, olive oil. I mean, I was really doing it up. This wasn't just your typical tuna. It sounds really gourmet. Um, my only my only um, rebuttal is, like, I was thinking, it's like, oh, okay, well, like, like, for instance, I made tacos tonight. It's like, okay, well... What if I like prepared all the taco stuff and after preparing was like, wait, I don't have any tortillas or any taco shells, but that's like a quick fix. Cause then you just like cook some rice and you get like a burrito bowl or something. Right. But like a tuna melt, you can't really, can't really do that without some type of bread. Everyone who's concerned, um, they did find, they did find brioche toast in the <laughs> pantry. So they're good. They do have a meal after this. Don't worry. <laughs> they're not going to starve to death or eat like plain ass tuna. <laughs> Which I was advocating for for a good two seconds until I was shut down. Yeah, weirdly enough, Armin was like, let's just eat the tuna plain. And I'm like, no. <laughs> and I like famously love tuna, but like you need something with it. Well, anyway, that's just like what's going on here. Welcome back. We're so excited to be back, if you could tell by my voice. So we've been like struggling with Holly Shook moments right now because nobody can do anything. So a lot of our um, like stories are just like, updates on what people like what celebrities are doing in in isolation and quarantine which is like not exciting but we're gonna make it fun um yeah a lot of page six stories are like fiona apple admits she's taken two showers in the last week you know stuff like that which to be fair like i feel like that's what she does in normal life anyway so it's like (laughs) not really news um but yeah so we're kind of like just figuring it out as we go and um it's going to be really exciting. We actually did get, I guess I'll just like dive right in. Um, I'll just dive right in after five minutes of talking about tuna. <laughs> Riveting so, content for our comeback. Mm-hmm, that's like, people were wondering. Um, so first off, I guess this was like a actual story that um, it kind of began and came to a resolution within two days. It's really random, but I saw it. It was, like, trending on Twitter, and it was, like, trending on BuzzFeed. Am I the only person that still reads BuzzFeed? Maybe. But, um, so there's an actress. Her name is Trina McGee, which that is a cartoon character's name, in my opinion. That's not a real person's name. But she is a real person, Trina McGee. It's like she took on the name of one of the characters she played at some point in her life. Right. And just, like, kept it. And I feel like it it would work when she was like a child actress, which is how she's famous. But as like an adult, it's like a weird name. 
Um, I just think McGee is a weird last name. Anyway, she played Angela in Boy Meets World, who was like Topanga's best friend. She dated um, whatever the fucking main character's best friend name was. Yeah, Sean. Sean. She dated Sean. I was a huge BMW fan. Yeah, no, I I loved Boy Meets World. Um, I just feel like I don't remember details of it. I just remember being like, Boy Meets World. Do you um, remember was, Mr. Feeney? Of course I remember Mr. Feeney, obviously. Feeney! Feeney! What I, um, I also feel like Sean was possibly one of my first sexual awakenings that I didn't know about until now. But <laughs> Until this very was, moment or like recently? Well, like as a child, I was definitely attracted to Sean as well as like the older brother, Corey's older brother. I didn't find Corey cute. Like, I don't think Corey's cute. He was the dorky guy. Yeah, he's like dorky. And like Topanga's way too hot for him, in my opinion. You know what's funny about Sean being your sexual awakening? Hmm. Topanga was 100% my sexual awakening. Topanga was every straight guy's sexual awakening. She was my biggest crush in third grade. Like, in third grade, all I could think about was Topanga. Okay, gross. And (laughs) I was in third grade. I was like eight years old. And I didn't even like girls. Really? I feel like she was like my Amanda Bynes, like Hayden Panettiere, where I was like, they're cute. I like girls just because I like thought I had to like them type thing. There, there's a street that was on my way to elementary school called Topanga, Topanga Canyon. Yeah. I love Topanga Canyon Road. And I remember every time, you know, we'd cross that street, I would think about Topanga. You're so valley. <laughs> I can't believe you like, grew up in the valley. That was a little that's flex. For those who don't there. know, that's a little flex right there. Little flex. <laughs> Not so, really, by the way. Like, <laughs> Topanga Canyon is just whatever. It's like strip malls. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, in January, Trina McGee, she played Angela. Mm-hmm. I already covered that. Yeah, so she actually was, like, just a reoccurring character in the first couple seasons. And then I was reading, I think, that season four, she became, like, a lead, like, full-time character with, like, Sean and Topanga, and they call them Corey. She went on this whole thing on Twitter in January and basically saying, like, that she, like, cast members were racist towards her, and she kept, like, some of the quotes were, I was called Aunt Jemima on set during hair and makeup. If you don't remember Angela, she was pretty much the only African-American person on the entire show. And she was called a bitter bitch when I quietly waited for my scene to finish. Um, After 60 episodes, someone told me, it was so nice of you to join us on the show, as if she had not been in the show for 60 episodes. She basically was told, she basically was tweeting about how people treated her kind of like a second-rate character, second-rate cast member. Even though, if you do think about the show, she's one of the main, like, five or six characters that you remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, her narrative with Sean was one of the main narratives. Right. And, yeah, she got promoted to a full-time, like, yeah, she technically was, like, not a lead character the first couple seasons, but she eventually was. Um, Anyway, so she kept saying, like, stuff like, there's three people specifically that were cast members that I did scenes with who would treat me like this. So, of course, people started wondering, like, was it, like, Ben Savage? Was it Danielle Fischel? Topanga. Um, people are, like, asking. So then someone tweeted at her, like, are you going to name who it was? And she said, they should name themselves. When a colleague says, I don't want anyone in my scene that is female, they should be bold enough to own up to why they're doing this. Um, so she basically called out everyone and was like, y'all racist, y'all treated me like shit, bye. Um, so this happened in, in January. It kind of got brought up again because she did an Instagram live this past week and, um, said that the person who had told, called her Aunt Jemima originally has since reached out and apologized to her. So she kind of like re-brought it up on her Instagram live saying that person has reached out and apologized. And so she basically just was like, she almost like closed it up and was like, I was PMSing when I tweeted it. I shouldn't have said some of those things. I like everyone like in my cast. I share the love with all the people in my cast, like blah, blah, blah. So it was kind of like a weird story where she like 
said everything and then like not backtracked but was like I love everyone so it was kind of weird but I'm glad that she did say something though no for sure I mean you should say something like that's fucked up that that type of stuff happened Um, yeah because I think too often um, these situations are brushed under the rug usually the people subjugated to this kind of behavior they they're not in positions of power yeah no and then there's a culture of uh silence and there's a there's a culture that prohibits being able to speak up because there's usually consequences for the person who speaks up not the people who actually committed the terrible actions in the first place so i'm glad that she did speak up obviously many years after the fact um but it needs to be put out there in the forefront otherwise these issues are never going to be tackled yeah, and I mean, it's telling that what she's, it's that she's 50 years old now. The show is 30, whatever, about 30 years ago. She never said anything about it until now, which is by the books a long time since it's happened. So, yeah, I'm glad she said something. I think it was like a little bit maybe misconstrued if she like kind of was like, oh, he apologized. I don't have any hard feelings towards the cast, like blah, blah, blah. But, um, that's our current event story that doesn't involve coronavirus. How how nice is it to have a story that doesn't even mention coronavirus, first off? It's almost unthinkable. I mean, it's bad that I'm like, yay, racism. I love a story about racism. But like, no, I just am like happy that, I don't know. I feel like it's all fucking people talk about anymore. I'm bored. It, it's also a current event story that's really about something that happened 25 years ago. Right. So I guess nothing currently happened, but... At least it was something new. It was refreshing. You know, it's good to just, it's good to hear about just like good old fashioned racism in Hollywood. Sometimes that's all you need to like get through the day these days. But what's really inescapable is COVID-19. It's dominating everyone's daily life. What did you say, Rai? Oh, I would absolutely say that considering we, yeah, can't leave our apartments. And it's all people talk about. So... (laughs) it would be impossible to do any sort of podcast that's about current events without talking about coronavirus. Right, correct. So we do have our COVID-19 celebrity updates. You're welcome. <laughs> I've been dying to know. Because, you know, while uh, uh, there's a lot of important information out there, certainly, yeah. Uh, that everyone needs to be tracking, uh, whether it's the latest social distancing measure, uh, whether it's updates from the World Health Organization or CDC. We know you're dying to know what celebrities are up to. We are. That's what really know, matters. Yeah, and we are known as a political podcast as well. Um, we do cover a lot of really important pol- political um, conversations with a lot of really intellectual candor and opinion. But today we're just actually going to stray away from that and just focus strictly on celebrity stories. We're going off brand, I think, today. Yeah. Talking so much about celebrity and not about socio-political issues, right. global Pol- politics. Yeah, right. Uh, because this Very. is a global issue, by the way. This isn't, um, this isn't a U.S.-specific issue. Right. Famously, this actually is happening all over the world. So in case you guys didn't know, just like hate to update you, but this is actually happening everywhere. It's, it's happening Almost everywhere. I, I did read that there are zero cases in Turkmenistan. Um, so Gurban Guli is pretty hyped on that. Good uh, for them. Wow. Yeah. Should I move there? I, I wouldn't because uh, Gurban Guli is famously a dictator who is likely fudging the numbers. Never heard of him. But, or but again, we, we, we're, we're talking about global politics here and we're not here to do that today, even though that's our forte. Right. Even though that's usually like in our subject line, in our description. We're just going to stray away. Um, but we do have actually a really fun, actually the first story that you're going to talk about ties in to one of our old podcasts that we've actually already covered this person before. We have covered this person before. That's Martha Stewart. Oh, Martha. I think the first, and this isn't the story, but I think first and foremost, we do have to talk just really quickly that she drunkenly posted a comment on um, an Instagram of fish. She was really concerned about the, livelihood of fish and that was really good do you want me to read the post if you can so martha stewart is is handling um the social isolation really well so here's what she said on uh instagram 
she uh, replied to this account called The Best Little Hen House in Texas. Uh, Best Little Hen House in Texas. Love that. And uh, it's basically a little hen house. The picture is of a, a little hen house with a bunch of little animals in there. And the caption is, it's remarkable how fast these chicks turn into chickens. It took less than two weeks for them to outgrow their brooder, and we had to move them to larger digs. Good thing, too, because round two of chicks will be arriving just in time for Easter. Hashtag the best little hen house in Texas. Martha Stewart said, M, as me sure you feed and water them daily and keep the heat as no BK in as, as when you finally come back to NYC, who is going to care for them? Okay, but first off, let's just really cover quickly how I thought this was about fish. Um, <laughs> I wanted to let it slide, but um, no, yeah. I, yeah, I think I just looked at the picture and then I read her comment. I didn't look at the, the, the name of Best Little Hen House in Texas. And I don't know, at a glance, the picture kind of just looks like a, like an, a small aquarium. Um, it doesn't, yeah, but I'll give you it. I don't know why I thought that was about fish, but um, so Martha Stewart is drinking, which we're really happy about that for her. And but she did have more news. What I I actually didn't hear about this, and you, I'm just gonna really quickly in our notes. The only thing it says about Martha Stewart usually Armin gives like notes on what the story is. He did not with this one. All it says is Martha Stewart has imprisoned slash enslaved her driver, <laughs> gardener, and housekeeper. That's all it says. Um, I need details. I have no idea what this means. Okay, so you know, while while we're psyched for Martha Stewart um, drinking uh, d- during this pandemic, yeah, uh, and having a good time on Instagram, I think it's safe to say that we're not so psyched on this story. Okay, I mean, I would hope not. I would hope not, uh, based on the little details I've given you. So, the Wall Street Journal wrote this little article um, entitled "For the Rich: A Dilemma: Quarantine with Staff or Do Their Own Chores." Which, by the way, I mean, you know, we did a little bit about how we normally cover global politics, socioeconomic yeah. issues, maybe at times. But we're really here to talk about celebrity today. Um, it's kind of hilarious that the Wall Street Journal is spending time talking about celebrities. They give the people what they want. You know, before we get into this story, Rye, Camille has this theory that the pandemic is going to kill celebrity culture. Ah. Uh. Well, what are we going to do? <laughs> I don't fully agree with it, but I am seeing a lot of backlash to celebrity culture because celebrities are notoriously tone deaf, like most wealthy people. Yeah. They live in their own little bubble. So you're having a lot of content out there like J-Lo and A-Rod being like, quarantine life is incredible. Our kid is serving us margaritas outside. I don't know if you saw that, their kid on the Segway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A hoverboard. It was a hoverboard. A hoverboard. Sorry, sorry. Uh, you had Ellen DeGeneres with her grotesque comment. She's canceled. So you have celebrities kind of treating this like a vacation. Yeah. But, you know, for 22 million Americans, um, it's not a vacation because they've lost their job. Uh, right. For uh, many others, they're working the front lines right in the middle of the pandemic you know, experiencing it every day, not able to shelter in place because they're frontline workers and we fucking thank them. They're doing amazing, amazing stuff. And in general, 160 million Americans have a median income of $18,000. That's just the way the system is built, not to get political. Um, But people don't have enough money to stay at home for 12 to 18 months because the system is set up for them to live paycheck to paycheck. So if the paychecks stop coming in because businesses need to close to ensure the public health and safety of all people, they're not living in in this grand old vacation in their super mega mansion, right? Right. And I think people are tired of seeing that wealth being flaunted. Yeah. And so and- that's Camille's theory that there, it's the death of celebrity culture. I don't think it's going to be the death of celebrity culture, but I do think there's going to be some sort of shift in the way people perceive celebrity, definitely in, in, in maybe how celebrities present themselves and interact with culture at large. Yeah. And like, I would say hopefully because it's, yeah, it's not, it's not a cute look for some of them to be like, Oh my God, like my life. 
It's like, okay, well, you have 400 rooms in your house and, like, seven backyards. I, like, barely have a patio in two rooms. So don't even, like, complain about it. So uh, this is how Martha Stewart is handling the pandemic um, as a super wealthy person. Uh, like I said, this Wall Street Journal uh, article is entitled, For the Rich, a Dilemma, Quarantine with Staff or Do Their Own Chores? I mean, that's what we're talking about here, right? Oh, my God. God forbid they wash a dish. I mean, exactly. Who wants to do the laundry? I mean, not I, but here I am doing it. So I'm going to skip to uh, the little piece in the article about Martha Stewart. It says, Among the wealthy homeowners quarantining with their staff is media mogul Martha Stewart who said she is sheltering with her driver, housekeeper, and gardener at her estate in Bedford, New York. Quote, We have three detainees, I call them, end quote, said Miss Stewart during a video chat on Seth Meyers' talk show. Quote, We make a nice dinner every night. We have a cocktail. We play cards after dinner, end quote. Miss Stewart noted that the staff don't live in the main house, but rather have beds elsewhere on the property. Quote, they're not sick of it yet, but when I see the edges fraying, I'll give them a day off. End quote. She said, a spokesman for Miss Stewart declined to comment. She's fucking imprisoned her housekeeper, her driver, and her gardener because she can't freaking clip a rose once in a while. Clip a rose. That's the first thing I thought she needed to do. <laughs> Why does she need her gardener? I mean, I guess, I guess you don't want the... Uh, you, you don't want the, the landscaping to get out of control, but still. I mean, I get it, but also, like, okay, you have all the time in the world, like, go clip a rose yourself. I think it's fucked up. Also, like, I think I think it'd be different if she, like, gave them the option at the beginning, like, hey, y'all can go and be at home with your families or whatever. It sounds like they maybe live there full-time no matter what, but if she didn't give them the option, that's fucked up. Also, like, what really stuck out to me was... Her saying, if they really seem unraveled, I'll give them a day off. And I'm like, do they not get days off? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, that's fucked up. So <laughs> I think, like, that's bad and and no. Also, I don't know. Like, if you're home all the time, I feel like celebrities, like, have those types of things. Yes, because they can afford them. But also, it's like, they're not home all the time. So, like, they're traveling. Someone has to garden the yard and someone has to keep the house clean and like whatever and the driver. But also like, where are you driving right now? And also you're home all the time. Like, what else are you doing? Like, you're not embezzling funds and like going to prison. So you have plenty of time. <laughs> That's my outlook. I'm guessing because she was on Seth Meyers' show. I don't want to defend Martha Stewart, but I'm guessing because she was on Seth Meyers, she was like making a bit of a joke. But it, this really does illustrate the ridiculous wealth of celebrities because not only does she talk about employing you know these three people right like to do everything for her because she just can't stand to wash a sock right yeah but it also talks about how they don't live in the main house there's not just a house there's a main house they live elsewhere on the fucking property. What does that mean? Like, how many acres is this property? How many guest homes are there on this property? Clearly multiple, right? This how is absurd. Is, how long is their commute from their house to the main house every day? Like, does she give them adequate time to, like, get there? I'm just, like, really stressed out for them. They have, like, golf carts that they use to transport between <laughs> one house to the other. I mean, look... That's not that's not out of the ordinary for some people, I would assume. Meanwhile, people can't pay rent. Guys, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Can we see some solidarity among the people? Come on. You're asking for a lot, Armin. I can't even find solidarity between you, me, and Camille in terms of tuna gate, tuna melt gate. So you're asking a lot of the American people. Um, okay, well, Martha Stewart, get it together. And as Armin has said. Learn how to clip a rose and wash a sock, bitch. Those are the only two things you need to learn how to do. The most random tasks. Um, okay, so in like really other compelling news that is really important for people to know about, um, Seth Rogen. <laughs> Seth Rogen was on Jimmy Kimmel Live. I'm assuming all of these are happening via like Skype. Skype is dead. Zoom. It's all about Zoom now. Yeah, okay, whatever. I Zoomed yesterday for, like, the second time in my whole life. I wanted to call myself. It was terrible. So Seth Rogen was, like, on Jimmy Kimmel. I guess his birthday was this week on the 15th. Um, 
So a big thing for Seth Rogen, um, for people who may not know this, he doesn't talk about it that much, but he does, in fact, smoke weed. He does like weed. He does? Uh, he may or may not have built an entire career off of liking weed. It's up for debate. Um, he did make a comment that I find a little insensitive. We are not all in this together because this has not been that bad for me. I have kind of been self-isolating since 2009. First off, no, you haven't. You've been in like many a movies, many a red carpet. You're at many a social event. You're not self-isolating, Seth Rogen. You're not looking at the the abstract of it all. You know, Seth may be around all these people physically, but emotionally he's been isolated. Yeah, the glitz and the glam, making out with Charlize Theron in that latest flop of his. But was he emotionally connected to these people while he was physically with them? No. That's what he's talking about, Ryan. Look at the abstract for once. You're being too literal. Well, last time I checked, emotions don't spread coronavirus, so that's not what we're talking about, and you can fuck off. Also, I I did recently watch that Charlize Theron Seth Rogen movie with Dallas. Actually, I fell asleep through it, but I did see the beginning and the end. It's a horrible movie. I watched it, too, because it's on HBO. Yeah, it wasn't like that good. I mean, I missed half of it. You know it's bad if I fall asleep during the movie. I never fall asleep during movies. You famously Um, fell asleep during The Shape of Water. I was actually just talking about that today when I had two glasses of wine at 10 p.m. and fell asleep during The Shape of Water. Still have never seen it, but I did see the first 20 minutes and the last 10 minutes, so I know how it ends. <laughs> and the last, like, the last like, 10 minutes is, like, everything happens. Like, it's so dramatic, so it's, like, I can't not... Like, you know how sometimes you can see the beginning or the end of the movie, but you, like, forget what happened, so then you can rewatch it and, like... Mm. But like so much happened in the 10 minutes that I did see at the end that I cannot forget it. So now the whole, I can never watch that movie because I know how it ends. The end is so I haven't seen this movie, so I'm just I'm trying to interpret what you're saying. So the, the end is so impactful on the viewing experience that it can't be enjoyable unless you don't know the end. Yeah, because it's mm. literally like it's one of those endings where it's just like it it alters the existence of all of the characters, I feel. And so like mm. not even knowing the plot, I was like, well, I can never watch this movie because I know how it ends, and the whole time I'll just be thinking about what happened at the end. But but is like it I'm... one of those good endings, though, where you could revisit the whole plot because the ending is so good, kind of like Sixth Sense? I've seen Sixth Sense multiple times. Right. Everyone knows how Sixth Sense ends, but you can still watch it. I mean, I don't know. Once again, I've famously never seen it since, but um, I guess I could try to rewatch it. At the end of the day, I didn't really care that much. I was like, He's a sea monster. She's trying to fuck him. Don't really care that much. Do they bang? I'm pretty sure they have sex, right? I haven't seen it. I'm asking you. I don't know. I mean, in my head, she has sex with a sea monster, <laughs> and then the ending happens. So I'm like, okay. And whatever. This isn't even about Shape of Water. <laughs> um, this is about Seth Rogen. It's about more important things, not like art and culture. Um, so anyway, Seth Rogen's whole interview was about how he's like smoking a lot of weed during this. Um, he says an ungodly amount of weed. He says that he's glad that weed dispensaries are considered essential services because it is truly essential for me. Um, okay, cool. And very on his, brand for Seth. Very on brand. His wife like organized, which is like very much a quarantine trend of like birthday parades. I've had, like, I've seen two of my friends on Instagram have this happen. Um, so, like, people are organizing, like, social distancing quarantine birthday parades where it's, like, you tell, like, all your friends to meet, like, down the street from your friend's house at a certain time. And then everyone drives by in their car and, like, honks and plays music and screams and, like, has gifts. And they, like, throw, like, confetti out the window and stuff. And it's actually, like, really cute. Like, I'm... I really, like, like this trend. I think it's kind of fun. It's, like, a fun way to be, like, it's your birthday and we're, like, here to celebrate you, but, like, we can't really hang out or touch, but, like, we're going to drive by and yell. Um, You're doing that for my birthday, right? No. April 27th? No. (laughs) Isn't your birthday next week? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to... I did originally actually um, book a private jet home for your birthday, and then I was going to actually drive uh, a flyby and wave at you, but it's actually just really not safe for me to travel right now, so I actually had to cancel that. But, um, yeah, they did, like, a parade. He was like, I like seeing my friends, but I, like, don't really need to hang out with them right now. Um, I'm, like, happy with just seeing them for 15 seconds and then everyone going on their way. Again, I'm really built for this. So, basically, South Rogan's, like, bragging about liking being alone. <laughs> um, 
which is like cool you probably live in a mansion so that's my take on that <laughs> uh, on our last podcast together which wasn't on this podcast um on the vanderpump rules recap we did for hot and bravo uh, you may you may remember this right but we talked a lot about how with any given event or with any given discussion point right you're never going to have unanimous agreement on it. Right. Right? Because we were talking about whether a father would ever, you know, say no to a person asking for their daughter's hand in marriage, right? And and, and yeah. it's like, well, it's probably happened, right? Yeah. And we, we came to the conclusion that actually a lot of times there are two sides to every story and that both sides have happened. Both sides have happened. In most situations, yeah. In most situations. Okay. So I think what we've come across here is... The fact that Seth Rogen is pro-coronavirus. He's actually rooting for COVID-19. He is rooting for this pandemic because it seems like he really wants this shit to continue. And, and I think that would be unthinkable to most people. They say, well, aren't, isn't everyone unanimously rooting against COVID-19? I think Seth Rogen's uh, you know, one of those people. Again, there is the, the, it's the rule against universality, the rule against unanimous agreement there has to be someone on the other side and there's also like we said there's the nuanced take on the take but i think this yeah. it's not even nuanced here i think seth rogan is really hyped on the pandemic i mean look i'm not not against it um i do i wish i could like go sit at a restaurant yes do i wish i could like see someone other than dallas at one point sure but do i like want people to die I'm not saying that. Here's my thing. I'd be down if this was like a, a global pandemic, but just like nobody died. Mm, that kind of pandemic. Right, right. The right. type of pandemic where just like you can't really like work, um, mm -hmm. but the government still pays you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nobody you, gets sick or dies. But nobody gets sick or, sick or dies. Right. And you can still hang out with people and everything's open but nobody's working at the places that are open because nobody has to work. So it's mm. kind of just a free-for-all, um, but nobody dies or is sick. That's mm. kind of like how I'm rooting for this to play out. Not how it's playing out, though. Not how it's playing out, unfortunately, at this time. But I feel like we're taking this day by day, and every day there's like a new revelation. So mm. I'm, not, I'm not saying it's out of the picture, that my idea of coronavirus might happen eventually. But, you know, I could, I'm, 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 I'm kind of, I'm kind of on Seth's side with this. No, because here's the thing. I think we, I think all three sides are being represented here. You have me, I'm just yeah. staunchly against coronavirus. Which is a choice you're making and you're allowed to be against it. I'm not saying you, I'm not saying you, you can't be against it, but it's just a choice you're making. It's a choice I'm making. I have my free will to be very anti-COVID-19. Okay. I think Seth Rogen is pro. I, I think he's one of those people who's totally for it. I think you have the nuanced take on the take. I don't know. I, I do have a feeling that now that I've come out as a coronavirus nuanced supporter, mm -hmm. that I actually think I'm opening a lot of people's eyes with this and that actually a lot of people are going to agree with me that Maybe coronavirus is not a bad thing as long as nobody is sick and nobody dies and everything opens but no one has to work. Um, which it's hard to disagree with that take, by the way. Thank you. It's very it's, like, it's hard to disagree with it. It's it's a really excellent point of view. I for me, it's the um reasonableness of it. I mean, I grew up saying, "Oh, we're in debt. Why don't you print more money?" So mm. I'm just like taking that kind of like thought process that I had as a child into today. Oh. Everything has to close down, but you can still afford to pay people. Okay, continue that, but just open everything. But then you kind of just like get to make your own food and drinks out of at a bar. That's all I'm asking for. If COVID nineteen cooperates and says, you know what, I'm not going to get anyone sick, I'm not going to get anyone um, dead, uh, then we have something to work with here. I'm not going to get anyone dead. But so we'll we'll monitor. We'll monitor. Speaking of monitoring the situation. Wow. <laughs> you were impressed with that segue, I could tell. What a segue. Um, Dr. Oz is monitoring the situation. And uh, he believes that reopening schools is an appetizing opportunity. Um, because he says, according to Lancet, it would only result in 2 to 3% of the population dying. Wow, I mean, that's okay. not 
that many people all. We're talking about if you only apply that to school school children, fifty six million school children. We're talking about one to two million children. If you apply it to the entire population, you're mm. talking about six to nine million people dead. But according to Doctor Oz, it's an appetizing opportunity because okay. it would only result in two to three percent more deaths. Um, but here's what's pretty cool about about this is that. Everyone bullied the shit out of him on on social media, and he's walked it back. And this is why I actually do believe in bullying sometimes, because if oh, someone I, advocates for mass murder, yeah, I think you could bully them. Do what do you think about that? Are you pro bullying mass murderers? I'm actually not pro um, in person bullying, but I am 100% pro cyberbullying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, I've actually like created an entire brand based on cyberbullying. So if you can bully someone like over the internet behind a keyboard, like I'm all for it Um, because I believe that it's your choice to take cyberbullying personally or not. And if you're weak enough to take it personally, then you don't deserve to have the internet. And and I want to make this clear. I'm very pro bullying in person. If the person is advocating mass death. Right. I mean, I guess like a murderer, you, you can bully them in person, but I would like kind of draw the line at that. Again, we're going back to the theory, the rule against uh, unanimous agreement. Right. There's almost no unanimous agreement. So no, there's never a thing that we can all unanimously agree on, not even the fact that we're anti-bullying in person. Right, but all I'm saying is he, people cyberbullied him, and then he took back his word. So it's proven that cyberbullying actually does work. It works. It's great. In this case, we're talking about 2 to 3% of 56 million children potentially living because of it. Dr. Oz says he misspoke. You know, he right. went on Fox News. He told Hannity, he said, hey, man, only 2 to 3% of children dying or even the greater population. Not bad. It's appetizing. Now he's saying he misspoke. He's totally against it. Dr. Phil, another case of someone coming out and saying, you know, 360,000 people die a year in swimming pools, which, by the way, is not accurate. Um, The latest data is that 3,700 people died in 2017 of drowning, but not even specifically in swimming pools. But you know what? He's not even a real doctor. So he says that, and um, he says, let's just reopen everything um, because, you know, 360,000 people die in swimming pools, and we don't close swimming pools. How many people actually die in drowning? 3,700. So he's only only off by about 357,000. Well, you know, could be worse. Could be worse. Um, and uh, everyone bullied the shit out of him. He walked it back, too. So, again, online bullying. It works sometimes. Totally an advocate for that. And actually the fact that... And, like, look, I'm not being insensitive towards people who have had family members drowned. But as someone who was a lifeguard for eight years, I fully had panic attacks, like, on the daily being, like, Every time I go into work, someone's going to die in front of my eyes because they kind of teach you in lifeguarding classes that people drown all the time. So I was always very anxious at my job. I mean, I slept on the job sometimes, but like when I wasn't sleeping, I was really anxious. But now that I know that like so little people die drowning, I wasted so much time being anxious about that. You should have slept more on the job. I like really did get in trouble a couple of times in college for sleeping while I was on the lifeguard stand, but... I was guarding the water polo team like I figured they could swim. I mean, if you do the math on it, 3,700 people a year, um, there's 365 days in a year. Famously, there is, yeah. So we're talking about 10 a day. Like, So maybe on your watch while you slept, could have been one or two. You haven't claimed too many lives, okay? You're not blood-soaked. Let's put it that way. And I actually did have to jump in the pool four different times in my eight years to save people who were drowning, but it's like, they didn't like drown. They were just like tired. You win some, you lose some, right? Yeah, and I've like actually saved lives, so more than you guys can say. <laughs> um. So yeah. So uh, I guess that's the whole story. I mean, Doctor Oz and uh, uh, Doctor Phil. They wanted. They were cool with millions of people dying, and people bullied them, and now they're not cool with it. So um, I think but it's kind like of a cool not, story. They're like not actually doctors, though, right? Well, actually, Doctor Oz is a real doctor. He's a heart. He's a heart surgeon. Oh, he is. Dr. Phil, is- Dr. Phil's not a real doctor. Then how is he called that? I think he has a degree in clinical psychology or something. 
Look at all the people he's traumatized. I mean, he, he hasn't really applied his degree that well. The best thing he's done is made Catch Me Outside Girl famous. So it's like, I thank him for that, but please. Everyone has a degree in clinical psychology. <laughs> I mean, we famously do. Everyone I know, at least. Um, okay, so fuck them. And speaking of fuck them, um, Kristen Cavallari and Jay, and Jay Cutler. You know what's funny? Um, online bullying is a part of this story, too. I know. Here's the thing. In quarantine day and age, online bullying is actually the only way to get something done, I've realized. That's true. You can't really, like, do anything else in person. Like, you can't protest. I know there's people in, like, Michigan who are protesting or Minnesota. But, like, they look like idiots and they're probably going to die. So, um... You're so right, Rai. I think... All I'm again, saying is, like, pretty much all of the points I made tonight are 100% correct. I, I, I think uh, we've stumbled into something here. Another great theory. And that is, we're going to see a huge rise in online bullying. A lot of stories are going to contain an online bullying component, yeah. right? Yeah. It, you know, it's going to go like, especially during the pandemic age, it's going to go like, Celebrity A advocates for mass death. Mob of people online bully them for advocating for math, mass death. And then Celebrity A walks back the opinion that millions should die. Which, by the way, is a good story, in my opinion. All I'm saying is at the end of this, I, if we can take one thing away from this, it's that online bullying works and we should continue doing it till the day we die. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't advocate for mass death. I think that's an important point. Well, <laughs> priorities. I mean, there's some things that are more important than others. but Like online bullying. Like online bullying. Okay, so Kristen Cavallari and Jay Cutler um, are people who exist. <laughs> and they were in the Bahamas for quarantine. It gets a little convoluted because, like, from what I heard, they, like, kind of traveled to the Bahamas, like, when it was still, like, okay to travel, but they were, like, don't travel. And it was, like, one of, the, like, the last two days where it was still, like, you can go somewhere. And they live in Nashville normally. Um, it, it wasn't that it was okay to go somewhere. It was that travel restrictions hadn't been officially implemented. So I, I for example, know someone who actually bought tickets to Costa Rica on, like, March 15th for March 17th. Like, and, like, he could have gone. But then he he didn't because you know why? Why? Because we Um, bullied him. Yeah. We literally bullied him over text. We said, this is a dumb idea. Don't do it. So we didn't go. And, like, yeah. And there was that whole story, I don't know if people saw, about, like, the couple who went on their honeymoon and then they, like, in Bora Bora or some shit and they, like, were stuck there because, like, they couldn't get back to their homeland and they were the only people on the entire resort of Bora Bora and they had an entire resort staff had to stay because they're not allowed to leave until the last resort members leave. Oh my God. Google it. Um, but it's similar to this Krista Cavallari, Cavallari, whatever, Calamari and Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler is apparently a football player. Just learned that. Former Chicago uh-huh. bear. You live in Chicago. Oh, he's on the Chicago bears. No, no. Former Chicago bear. Oh, he was. Well, good for him. A lot of people are former Chicago Bears players. And so they, like, went to the Bahamas. Um, there was this whole Twitter Twitter thread. So this girl on Twitter is the one you sent me, the original thread. This is the original thread. So we should but, shout her out. Claire at Claire C. Downs. At Claire C. Downs um, tweeted this whole thing. And I actually um, was following it when she was tweeting it. And great investigative journalism. Great online bullying slash investigative journalism. <laughs> it was a blend of both. It was a little bit of both, but mostly investigative journalism. And then, so they went, and it was like her kids were there. Um, her hairstylist like, was there. Or some shit was there. Yeah, Justin Anderson, who's her friend slash hairstylist. And they were on a modern family spring break. <laughs> And so they're living, like, the lap of luxury. They're, like, at the beach every day. They're doing, like, yoga, like, sunrise yoga. A lot of people were mad because she was posting um, Instagram posts, like, advertising her store. And (laughs) Yeah, she was doing hashtag ads. Yeah, she was, like, doing ads for her store. And then, like, they were posting, like, online workouts. And then there's, like, pictures of her in a bikini in a store, like with a shopping cart being like one family allowed in the store at a time. And I'm like, yeah, like the locals are supposed to be there. Not like people on vacation. Um, one of my favorites, this was my favorite. They were walking home from the store or some shit. 
and she posted a picture of one of her kids with, I assume, her hairstylist. Oh, no, her, her hairstylist posted this. A picture of him and one of her children sitting down on the sidewalk, and the caption is, no Ubers here, LOL, needed a breather. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, what? who are these people? Um, so one of the just- worst posts was from Jay Cutler himself. It's him in the ocean, and the caption is, day 28, no TP needed. And it's like, oh, God. That's disgusting. And and if you know, like, his persona, like, th- that makes total sense. It's not a joke. I don't doubt that. Um, I don't know. People were just mad because they were like, I f- from what I gathered, like, there were opportunities for them to leave and go back to Nashville. A lot of drama in a lot of famous people or, like, rich people has been, like, people going to their second home, like, weeks into quarantine. Like, oh, wanted to get out of the city to go to, like, my rural second house. And it's, like, okay, the whole point is that you don't go somewhere else and, like, bring potential contamination to, like, a new environment. Um, But then I guess, did they just get back today or yesterday? Sometime last week they got back to, to Nashville. Right. Today, yesterday, last week, same thing. Um, so they did finally make it back to Nashville. Um, the hairstylist said, I'm beyond happy to report we have made it back to Nashville. We are diligently continuing to follow local and national guidelines. This includes social isolating and keeping not only us, but those outside of our walls safe and out of harm's way. Kristen Cavallari said, we had a short window to get out of the Bahamas, so we jumped all over it. Um... Doesn't sound like it was short. Like, I feel like they had multiple opportunities to get out and they didn't. I don't know. Even if they didn't leave, like, for me, it was just, like, annoying to be, like, we're in paradise. Like, even if they were technically, like, social distancing, like, they were doing it, like, on the beach and, like, kind of, like, putting it in everyone's faces and it was kind of annoying. Oh, no, they were making a total joke out of it. And I want to read a couple more of their posts because, like we said, there is a bullying component. And yeah. People were shaming them, rightfully, because, like you said, a lot of people are going to remote areas and actually bringing the disease with them. Right. The thing that makes COVID-19 so dangerous is that people can have it for up to 14 days and be totally yep. asymptomatic. They And they can never show symptoms. That's what makes it so hard to, to stop in terms of transmission. Yeah. Because um, if you showed symptoms within a day like the 1918 influenza Spanish flu pandemic. So here's a little history lesson. Um, history. Uh, history shook. I that. <laughs> uh, when it came to that flu, people would show symptoms within 24 hours. In fact, most people would get bedridden, basically, from what I read. Yeah. Uh, lots of symptoms, sweaty, fever, etc. But with this, people are asymptomatic, so people are bringing it with them to these rural areas. And here is the major problem, aside from the fact that there is transmission to these unsuspecting rural areas. Many of these areas, if not all of them, don't really have the capacity to handle an uptick in COVID-19 cases, right? And we're seeing that like in uh, New York, right? In upstate New York, a bunch of people from Manhattan went there. And they brought along the the virus with them, and they don't have ICU beds, or not very many of them, right? They don't have ventilators, and so suddenly they're overburdening uh, the local hospitals or local medical facilities that really just don't have the capacity to to handle all of a sudden this, like, surge in in population. And that is just highlighting, which I feel like is the theme of this episode— celebrity privilege and rich people privilege. And if you're a rich celebrity who listens to our podcast, I hope you're doing better than these people. I really do. For all the celebrities that listen to us. So uh, let me read a couple of these posts by them after they got bullied. Uh, Here's Justin Anderson. I talk about it a lot in my stories. Stuck here because home is not as safe as here. He's admitting that they're there. They're staying there because home is not as safe. Yeah could be worse but i don't want to complain about it because people will judge making the best of it yeah people are judging because now you're bringing it along with you yeah um another post three weeks of isolation man this island family has figured out our groove 
Fitness is a priority, so we alternate kid duty to get our sweat on each morning. Mm. Lifeguard duty alternates throughout the day, but it's mostly scoot. Big J does most of the nighttime grilling. Kristen and I do a lot of business lady things on our phones throughout the day to keep our business rolling. I hate that. Also, lifeguard duty alternates, uh, you know, right up your alley. They're probably sleeping just like I was. I hope you guys are finding a way to make the most of this time, whether it be spending time with loved ones, working on your inner and outer self, or just allowing yourself to be a complete slob on the, on the couch and rest from life. Okay, I'm going to take a quick break from this post. You are so fucking dense. Dude, yeah. not everyone can take a rest from life because guess what? Their life is being a frontline worker, is yeah. being a nurse, is being a doctor, or fucking they can't rest from life because they just lost their job and their landlord is still asking for a rent check. Like you people there, don't get real the real world. You, you people just yeah. don't understand the real world. So disconnected. So disconnected. Twenty-two million people have filed unemployment claims in the last four weeks, and that doesn't include people who couldn't file unemployment claims because a lot of uh, unemployment claims were not able to be filed because of overloaded databases, because of really, really fucking outdated uh, services. So. Yeah. There are probably millions of more who are unemployed. This isn't a fucking being a slob on your couch and rest from life moment, dude. I mean, I famously could not get through on unemployment online because something was wrong with my account until this past Tuesday. So I'm not even part of that number yet. I'm not a statistic until now. It wasn't my choice. So think about all the other people who had to fucking struggle. You went through hell. You were on the phone for hours and hours and hours. Well, I did a few hours. I'm lazy. <laughs> but I remember you said you were calling like day after day after day and yeah, on yeah, hold yeah. for hours. Yeah, no, I was I was I was calling, but you know, I'm not spending hours a day. <laughs> so he's... I'm I'm a little bit of them. I have a little bit of them in me, you know. I'm 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 taking a little bit of a vacation as much as I can, but <laughs> but I'm not doing it on the beach, okay? It snowed twice this week in Chicago. It hasn't been all sunshine and rainbows uh, you're also not going out there and saying this is a self-improvement moment no wow. this is hell on earth <laughs> and, and i'm one of the lucky people that has been able to keep my job i feel very lucky and and i am privileged right yeah but i'm not going to go out there and say guys this is great spend time with loved ones and just be super happy and be a slob on the couch and eat fucking doritos no <laughs> hashtag ad by the way and that's the hard thing is like, I am being a slob on the couch and eating Doritos, but I'm not happy about it. You know, like some people are, are being a slob on the couch, but they're sad. So he says all this really, really stupid and ignorant shit, right? <laughs> and then he, he adds, he adds after saying all that in parentheses. Also, side note, because I like to keep the negativity at a minimum here. This is where we happen to be isolated. Don't compare your situation or say something shitty and judgmental. Just be positive. Because I genuinely believe that being positive is what we all need right now. Oh my god, you don't understand that people are dying. People can't be as ruthlessly positive as you because for them, they're actually like, holy shit, how am I going to pay the May 1st rent? How am I going yeah. to afford my next next grocery run when their $1,200 stimulus check hasn't, hasn't come in the mail and they're newly unemployed with no job opportunities out there because everything is closed? Like, dude, come on. Like, just allow people to be mad for once. That was my favorite one, actually, too, because he was like, <laughs> and just a side note, it's like, okay, he obviously, like, knew what people were saying, but he just, like, wasn't going to... I'm like, even if they just stopped posting, I'm like, they were posting, like, fucking left and right. It's like, just do it on your own. Every day. They were posting just, every day. Like, disconnect, you know? Like, just like, you're already so disconnected morally and emotionally. Just disconnect on the phone, too. But they're not smart enough to know that. Well, what a PR night... And what a PR nightmare for them. <laughs> like, as if that fucking matters. They're gonna be fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, because her show's on now, too. They have, a sh they have a TV show, and they were promoting, like, new episode tonight. And I'm like... <laughs> What? So insane. And like, yeah, I wish I, I, I was jealous. I wish I could have been there with them. But like, I would have like put my phone down for a second if I was. It's the least you can do. It's really the least you can do. Um, Although we could say the least you can do is probably not enslave your gardener. Um, right. Who was worse? Kristen Cavallari or Martha Stewart? Mm, Kristen Cavallari. I'm still going Cavallari. <laughs> 
Hey, we finally agreed on something this whole episode. Finally. Ah, unanimous agreement. Hey, it does exist. It does exist. Um, well, those are all the celebrity COVID-19 updates for this week. Um, I feel like we just kind of like covered like celebrities, politics, public health. We kind of covered it all. We're, um, we're not just like a pop culture podcast on iTunes anymore. They actually have started um, categorizing us as public health, politics, um, news. We are breaking news usually a lot here too. Psychology, actually. We also made it to the clinical psychology slate. Right. We both have degrees in that. Um, so yeah, just kind of like you're getting it all here. Just like a one-stop shop. Um, just delete all your other podcasts. You really don't need anything else to keep updated on things other than this. And you're just pretty much really welcome. Uh, one final update mm-hmm. for the listeners out there. Um, as everyone knows, if, if you follow us at least. Right. And frankly, who does at this point? All of us, yeah. Um, we love to do segments. And we haven't really been doing that many segments because, like we said, everything's been dominated by the pandemic. Right. But a famous segment that we used to do was called the Favorite Headline of the Week. We also yep. famously introduce new segments all the time that we never mm-hmm. revisit. Mm-hmm. I have a new segment, right? Are you ready? Yeah, one time, one time only. Well, I don't know. It could be a recurring one. We just never know. Okay. The favorite sub-headline of the week. Sub-headline, like the words underneath the headline? Exactly. Mm. So this is the favorite sub-headline of the week. Not the favorite oh. headline of the week. The headline's okay, but the sub-headline really got me going. Okay. What so, is that? So this is page six. Uh, it's an article about Olivia Munn. The sub-headline says... Olivia Munn also reveals how many weddings she's attended in her lifetime. How many? I didn't read the article, but... You didn't read the article, you just read the article headline is all that I'll open the article because I have the link here, but right, let's play a little game here. I don't actually care, but... No, you care. How could anyone care about that? That's what's amazing about the pandemic era. We're going to get so many articles like this. Like, How many times has... Michelle Rodriguez had a Branzino. Like, I don't know. Like, something crazy like that. Probably a ton. <laughs> it just seems like that type of person. <laughs> How many times has Reese Witherspoon uh, had uh, Zinfandel? I don't know. I don't know why my mind's on food. Oh, because I'm hungry. Yeah. Hell. I want to eat that tuna you melt. Know, your brioche toast tuna melt is waiting. <laughs> okay. So I, I want to get to it. So I'm going to finish this. But okay. Quick game. <laughs> Okay. Do you think that it's a surprising number of w- weddings in the sense that she's attended many weddings? Or do you think maybe she hasn't even attended a wedding or maybe one or two? Like, which way is it going? Because clearly this is a huge reveal. Otherwise, it wouldn't be the subheadline I and think our favorite subheadline. I, I think she has attended 20 plus. Okay. Let's see. What do you think? I- I'm going to go surprisingly little. Like, maybe she's only been to one. Okay. Yeah. I feel like people don't invite Olivia Munn to things. I mean, I wouldn't. But. She's, she's not invitable to me. Yeah, I barely even know who she is. That's, why would you invite her then if you don't know right. who she is? Right. Okay. Does well, it say? Do just... I have to read the article, right? You got to give me time. You're going to read it live? I'm going to read it live. Um, ooh. Oh! <laughs> Quote, you know what's funny? is I've only gone to, I want to say, four weddings in my life. Maybe oh. five total. But the weddings I've gone to, I do find boring. I always think this is interesting at weddings. I feel like the wedding part is really for whoever's marrying them because you only see the backs of your friends' heads, end quote. Oh, that's actually a really deep and introspective thought. I've never thought about that. That, that wasn't the case for the wedding I went to, but they were. you saw the side. You saw a profile. Profile shot. Pro- I mean, maybe the priest stands down on the other end of the aisle and they face him from, you know, they face the the crowd. Ooh, like you get a, a shot of the back of the priest's head, yeah. but you get to see your friend's face full full frontal. That'd be smarter, actually. Did we just invent something? We did. Holy shit. We're good at that. We are good. All right. Well, Olivia Munn, you're not invited to my wedding. No offense. but I mean, that doesn't seem like many people do. Didn't I call that? She's not an invitable person. Yeah. You're right. I never would have guessed it, but now I understand. I'm always right. What a bitch. Um, well, love that sub-headline of the week. Um, can't wait to never have that segment ever again. <laughs> <laughs> the most random segment. Um, okay, well, I think now that we've done that, I, I already said we covered everything, but I think now we've officially covered everything. Yeah, that's it. Armin, Armin your tuna mount is like 
melted already, I feel like, at this point. It's kind of the point. It's fully melted. Um, well, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope that you guys are staying safe and sane. And hopefully this didn't drive you insane listening to this podcast because it drove me insane saying it. So, Is that it? Yeah, I was... <laughs> I was trying to sign off, and you kind of just. Had a so I saw I saw some breaking news, and I thought maybe we could incorporate it into the uh, into the podcast. About Seth Rogen's pot intake. Apparently, um, he's I smoking can't... way more pot than he's ever smoked before. I can't take any more news today. Um, all I can take is a new margarita in my cup because I'm plain out, bitch. Hey, all I'm right, gonna have well, another Armin's glass of something eat, and then Armin and I and Chameleon Dallas are gonna have a happy hour over Facetime because we are 75 years old. <laughs> all right, Ryan, this is a great chat. Yeah, if you thought I didn't have enough Armin talking in for two fucking hours, like. <laughs> apparently need more um but thank you guys so much for listening and if you guys have any stories or any ideas or any um agreements or disagreements with what we said just let us know yeah please do we could use uh we could use a meeting of the minds some brainstorms big brainstorms yeah any interaction right now i'm taking um anything other than armin i'm really on board for but thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you next time bye